We always have beverages on Quarantine Comics. That's, that's yeah. the whole point of the show. It's really just an excuse to drink. It's the only point of the show. Without a beverage, we have no show. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I'm on board. send our elders off into the woods no it's that time of year when we break out our suits well you can wear what you like i'm still gonna send them off into the woods i'm roman Segel, and i'm ryan joe and we're two dudes recovering from a long year who don't have a lot of time left it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday bitches and that's a boys to men joke i don't get it but roman made me say it <laughs> i wish i knew the rest of the lyrics to the song but that would date me. This past year, 2022, in the year of our Lord and Savior, Bob Iger, there were more than a few new adaptations of comic book stories in the media, on film and TV. And like dutiful corporate citizens of the Republic, we watched all of them. Well, probably most of those are actually because of Bob Iger, Robin. But confession, I didn't really watch them. That's completely okay, old chum, because there were a lot of things that came out across cinematic universes, multiplexes, and streaming services, so it's completely understandable that you missed a few. It's hard to keep up, but that's the beauty of this podcast. Actually, Roman, I I didn't watch any of them, or maybe like two or three at most. Well, what the shit, man? That's malarkey. So what are we supposed to do for the next hour? Maybe you could just bribe one of your friends to come on. I mean, I guess we could see if one of our friends is gullible enough to come back on the pod. Oh, hey, guys. What's up? Wyatt's longtime friend of the pod and frequent guest, Paresh Ja, who you may remember from such hit episodes like Batman Imposter, our Dick Grayson character study, Red Rocket 7, Star Wars Visions, and Black. Paresh, you might have the MVP of the podcast episodes. He is our favorite fan of Dick. Paresh, welcome back to the interrogation. I mean, completely constructive and mature conversation among consulting adults. Yeah, thanks, I guess. This is weird, guys. <laughs> All right, Ryan, how's this going to work? Well, I've got a list of pretty much all the major comic book adaptations from film and TV this past year, all of which you claim to have seen, but I have not. What the hell were you doing all year, Ryan? Unfortunately, Roman hired me to edit his erotic fan fiction between Namor and a guppy, and I've been in recovery since. Oh, yeah, I read that one. Yeah, that checks out. You, you probably need some time. Oh, I need a lot of time. <laughs> anyway, we're going we're gonna to work our way down this list of and uh, you both have got to tell me why I should waste any of my time on these things and why you deem them worthy or maybe you don't deem them worthy at all. That seems fair. No, no, that doesn't seem fair. Well, I'm I'm going to put some time on the clock. That's the clock. Thank you, Roman. I'll read the name of the show or movie that I'm sure everyone has already seen, and you guys have at it with your best hot take in the arbitrarily short time allotted before I hit the buzzer. The buzzer sounds like this. Oh, wait. Is that the buzzer? Who knows? Yeah, well, <laughs> that is the buzzer. That's the sound effect. Wait, 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 wait to give it away, our, our audio brand. Anyway. You have to give me your hot take before I hit the buzzer and we move on to the next one. And the winner gets to be at the front of the human centipede and the loser is in the middle. Wait, what? Keep... Well, the clock the clock is ticking, so don't hold back. Dude, there is no way we can reduce the ethos of someone's media work into bite-sized chunks of audio consumption. Feed us, Robin. Feed us. <laughs> All right, first up, Hawkeye. The comic book was so much better. Why'd they have to make a Christmas Hawkeye? That's all I got. Paresh. Paresh. I loved it. Kate Bishop was really charismatic in that show, and we got Kingpin. A plus. In a Hawaiian shirt. Was the comic better? 
Yes. <laughs> All right. But you still recommend it anyway. Still recommend watching it. And it's Christmas time. Watch it again right now. It's better than a Jeremy Renner rock album. Oh, shit. Okay, there we go. Spider-Man No Way Home with Sony. Andrew Garfield wins the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in a Spider-Man movie. Presh? It made me like Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Did you like Tobey Maguire in the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man or not at all? And you've, you've discovered that you'd like him, at, at least in this. I liked the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans in spite of Tobey Maguire. This one I enjoyed. I actually thought he was he was really good in this one. I think my favorite right. line from the entire movie, which was in the trailer, is when Zendaya says to Doctor Strange, I know a couple magic words myself, starting with please. So. I saw this one. I liked it. It's fan service, but it's it's kind of fun. Book of Boba Fett. Boba Hot Fett. garbage. Next. Agreed. Ooh. Agreed. Total garbage. Didn't Actually, no, no. Okay. The, the, the second to last episode where it's just a Mandalorian episode. That one was pretty good. Yeah, well, what the hell does that tell you that the best episode was about another character? <laughs> Hold on. Let me ask you both. At what point did you realize that Book of Boba Fett was hot garbage? Episode one. I was like, episode two. Like, I was like, okay, maybe it's just a bad first episode. Redeeming quality Ming-Na Wen in that show. Oh, sorry. Sorry. We have to move on. We can't talk about, we can't stick, stay in the hot garbage for too long. It'll rub off on us. (laughs) This is like, this is less than a minute per one. Come on, man. There are so many people. You want longer? I can go longer. This is, I told you this shit's arbitrary. (laughs) There's so many people that worked on these shows and we are just. This is a book. This is a podcast about comic books, (laughs) not comic book adaptations. (laughs) I'm going to just say you have like 30. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, do you really want to spend more than a minute on hot garbage? No, 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 that's fine. I just wanted Let's to go. say. Let's but go. this isn't like this isn't like soccer where like you're actually keeping time and overage that we can use for other things like PKs. <laughs> I am the captain, Roman. I will I will, I will throw you off the fucking ship. Right. Peacemaker. Best opening. In fact, I think that song should be the opening for this episode. That like just the opening song makes it. The opening montage. Amazing. Made me believe John Cena is a really good actor. Do you think that's an illusion, or do you do you continue to believe that? Have, has this kind of changed the way you think of him? Like Joker changed the way you thought of Heath Ledger. Yes, but not. I mean, it's not the same type of performance or or anything like that. But yes, before before this, I thought he was just a charismatic guy similar to The Rock. Now I think he actually has acting chops. And you will believe that an eagle can hug a man. Indeed. Roman, has this changed your thoughts? Of John Cena, have you had a kind of a 180? I didn't have any thoughts about him beforehand. I was next. Do you, have thought, do you have thoughts now? Is your mind flooded with thoughts? I enjoy the pathos. At first, you thought it was just going to be like a character, but there's like, yeah, genuine acting chops. Respect. Okay. So you like it even beyond the really interesting opening sequence? I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait, okay. wait, wait, you don't wait, like the show? No, no, the, the show's fine. Like, I, I've gotten, I mean, so, spoiler alert, I, I've had trouble watching TV for a while. Maybe it's because I've been ruining my brain on, like, literature and comics. Both, well, that's that's kind of redundant, but that I watched sounded, it. That sounded I, very pretentious. Just well, no, I, I just... Uh, he, he said that with one pinky in the air. Yeah, <laughs> as he sips his whiskey. No, I enjoyed the show... I kind of speed watched it, like so, like at one and a half speed. I always watch the opening. I enjoyed moments of it, but it's just like it was just another show. But what I did like was the AMC level quality of like a tortured white male, like all AMC TV shows, even though this was. I just want to ask: Is the reason Peacemaker is better than the Book of Boba Fett because Peacemaker has better title sequence? No, no, not absolutely not. No, but Peacemaker was original and new, and so that was fun. Book of Boba Fett was like hot garbage. They Disney-fied like the ultimate badass bounty hunter, right? Like, I mean, just to put my soft pitch in for what a good bounty Boba Fett show should be is like end of episode two, Attack of the Clone, kid Boba Fett just saw his dad's head get cut off. Show me everything between that moment and when he shows up in Empire Strikes Back. How does he become the most feared bounty hunter? That's what they should have done with the show. But they didn't. They decided to make a kid-friendly Boba Fett with motorcycles, right? Like, I don't know, man. Whereas Peacemaker was... A wholly original concept, even though it was with existing characters and IP. All right. You should have you should have run those drums much faster. I think you should both have a drum button. <laughs> see, I I don't see this is I get the I get the only complaints. You're running it too fast. You're running it. There's this is heavy ways to crown, my friend. It's R- like, it's R- like Ryan, I, I I'm very like, grateful for what you're doing. 
Just FYI. yeah. Thank you, Paresh. Thank you. I get nothing but nagging from Roman. All right. The oh, Freak Angels. Did anyone watch Freak Angels? I didn't, no. but I was surprised to like see that it showed up because I remember reading the comic book before I knew what a tool Warren Ellis was and enjoying it. So I'm I'm intrigued. Do you ha- actually? So so yes, Warren Ellis used to be a fan favorite. Kind of has fallen out of favor. Do you have an opinion about this, Paresh? No real opinion about him, but I mean, I, I'm not. Re- I haven't really followed why he's fallen out of favor. Would you like to elaborate, Robin? <laughs> there was a. There you was a, a. You don't listen to every episode of our podcast where we've interrogated this <laughs> to the point of us being canceled. <laughs> he got. He got. He got me tooed. He. He basically. There was a succession of women who who he accused him of yeah. abuse of, of emotional abuse. I don't know physical yeah, abuse, so but definitely fuck, emotional abuse. So yeah. yeah, fuck that guy then. But what's so funny? But there's always what's so funny is, and this is actually where a reread would be good because of Freak Angels, because all of the stuff that we all fucking love about Warren Ellis that we've read in his books, after we already knew everything about him, and we went back and reread those books, be it Moon Knight, Karnak, what was the other one? Not Transmit, Planetary. You can kind of see, like his personality kind of shine through this like alpha male badass kind of person. Blah blah blah. It's really fucking weird. But Freak Angels didn't really have that person in it as i recall i just it was one of the first web comics that ever came out and i remember i literally remember reading it like on a web browser on my old work laptop back in the day and i meant to go back and reread the whole thing like in one sitting because i never finished it but just to find out that they made a show was kind of surreal to me especially because the show came out okay mm-hmm. it's arbitrary batman i really enjoyed it we did a podcast on it i would reference that and uh, colin farrell was awesome no habla espanol fellas Rum it. No notes on this one, man. It was a rip roaring ride, and the Batmobile was cool. Yeah, the Batmobile was. Cool. I was, I was, as you recall, kind of ambivalent about this one. But what I referenced you to the forty-minute to an hour-long episode that we have, to, so we don't have to talk about something that we already talked. No about. one is going to. Do that. Not that there's a problem with that. DMZ. Did anyone watch that? I, I noticed, Ramen, it says that you didn't watch it. Did Paresh? Paresh, did you watch it? I did not watch DMZ. But did no one I, fill I, out the spreadsheet? <laughs> no, I didn't fill out the spreadsheet. But I, I, you, didn't, I, you, you didn't put his name on the spreadsheet. I don't, it's like yeah, been, I know. I responded with, I've seen everything Ramen has except for Lightyear. <laughs> ruining the magic. People don't need to know the spreadsheet. All right, we'll move on. Uh, 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 Halo. No, hang on. I, DMZ, I, do you I, do you want to go back to talk about the show that nobody's watched? No, no. We can do that. I want to talk about why DMZ is a great fucking comic. I don't know if we'll ever read it. They made a short limited series on HBO Max and it has Rosario Dawson who's a great actress in my opinion. And so I'm like like I don't know why I haven't watched this. And I think it just kind of slipped under the radar because of life. But, Roman, you need to respect the drum roll. The drum roll is the DMZ. The drum roll is where no one goes. <laughs> this is the, the we, Respect the drum roll, Roman. There it is. Okay, Halo. Halo was a piece of shit. It did not respect anything about the video games. Master Chief takes off his helmet in episode one. Move on. Not worth anybody's time. But how do you really feel, Perez? <laughs> <laughs> Do they say, do they say, what, what, what? Do they say that? Is that, is that, uh, tell me that they at least use that quote. No. No. Oh God. Okay. How about the, the aliens, the covenant? Are they all kind of cool looking or do they? Yeah. They, like so the... everything looks accurate, like from a, from a costume and, and video game, like guns perspective, but this is Master Chief's not supposed to talk. We're never supposed to see his face. He's not really supposed to talk much. I am. Like, um, so bizarre. I... I never played the game. I know everything about it. And then I never watched the show, but I heard a couple podcasts where they, someone was like, it's a really interesting interrogation, not unlike kind of like Starship Troopers and even within Andor where you're rooting for the fascists. Like there's, I thought that what I heard and I'm intrigued by, but I'm still not going to go watch the show is the things it did were interesting. That That's all I know about it though. Like the things. I don't know. I, Okay, well, actually, I haven't watched. I shouldn't say that. But I, I've always felt that the video game, the narrative was just never that interesting. Like, hey, I mean, Master Chief got popular for whatever reason, but he was essentially just like a regular-looking space cop. He looks pretty much like the Doom guy. It's not exactly the most inspired-looking design, and not the most inspired-looking story. It was great, a great game, but I was just surprised that they actually wanted to 
really build a prolonged narrative off of that. There, there is a lot of surrounding lore and like other media books and comic books and podcasts. I would recommend instead of watching the show to listen to the podcast, Hunt the Truth. That it does a really good job of creating something that's exciting and tense and mysterious much better than the show did. So yeah. And, and that my friends is the truth. All right. Moon Knight. I like Oscar Isaac. I like Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight run. I loved the music in the show. <laughs> okay. So no, that's a no. No, I wanted to enjoy it more. And I enjoyed certain elements of it, but it just didn't do what I needed it to. What rubbed you the wrong way? What didn't work? No, not, that's the thing. Nothing. I just, I don't know. I couldn't put my finger out. Like, I enjoyed it, but I was like, eh, it's fine. And maybe maybe it's kind of like the reason you didn't watch half of these things. I was just like, I mean, by this point, it was only the second or third one of the year. But we by this point, we'd already had like Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was the most, at the time of it coming out, it was the most different MCU show. And the fact that it's not in continuity, it got really fucking weird. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh. It had Ethan Hawke. I love Ethan Hawke. And the music was so fucking good. It's not even funny. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Paresh, Paresh? what about you? It, it, was, it was uneven in the beginning. Towards the end, I thought it really found a, found a nice groove. And it showed a lot of good avenues for Oscar Isaac to get really weird, which was nice. I thought they wasted Ethan Hawke in, in that role. He's such a good actor and could have been much, much better. So I would say uneven. Worth watching if you're an MCU fan, I guess. I didn't know it wasn't in continuity. No, well, we don't con- know. We it's don't in know. continuity. It's in continuity. What are you talking about? I don't think we know. A lot of people aren't sure because like, there's no reference to the blip. There's no reference to anything else in the MCU. And there's literally a moment where, I mean, to be fair, Eternals did something like this too. There's literally a moment where one of the characters in Moon Knight does something to the entire world that would probably freak everyone out i'm talking about the spinning thing right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's no response but, and they, but yeah they i mean that's the i mean i think that's the the issue with like a cinematic universe you can't always involve people and you have these questions that arise of like well what did everybody else think about this but i actually think it's still in continuity but that's more of an assumption on my part so if there's more intellectual discussion about this i haven't been a part of it but i'm just assuming i don't know if i'd call it intellectual All right. Like Mark Spector's personality, we're moving on to the next thing. Young Justice Phantoms. I saw it. I don't believe Roman did. I thought it was very good. I saw half Uh, of it. I saw half of it. (laughs) But the first half was in the previous year. Yeah. Really good conclusion to the series, basically. They positioned it as a season slash series finale. What what is Young Justice and why should people watch it, Paresh? Because I know you, you, you have feelings here. I think Young Justice is one of the best superhero shows out there. I think it's the best representation of the DC universe outside of comics, right? Like for what they've been trying to do in the cinematic universe and in general, they've presented a really compelling consolidated version of the DC universe. And they've done it in a way where you don't have to have individual stories and origin stories and all that stuff. It just exists and the world is real and feels alive. What makes its representation of superheroes different from what you've seen before? What makes it different? I think it's the progression. It feels more like Avatar The Last Airbender or Korra and some other anime shows where there's both emotional and intellectual growth, but actual physical growth of the characters. They age. They're in different time periods. They don't just stay 18 or 35 for the whole time. But I mean, it's a lived in universe. There's no talking down to the audience. You're just thrown in the middle of it. And the premise in season one is just, okay, it's all the sidekicks, but all the other characters exist. And by the time you get to season four and they make some pretty big time jumps, I think fresh, but like it's, they really go deep with like, they just kind of keep chasing down what would happen next. What would happen next? It's, it's, and it's, I don't want to say it's a never ending story, but it's like, okay, we'll take that to the next progression. It doesn't hit the reset button. Like even comic books tend to with the characters, there's consequences. People are dead. People have trauma and there's consequences for that in further on season. So I don't want to call it quite soap operatic, but it just, it doesn't talk down to the audience and everything's established. There's a, there's a nice world built. And a compelling reason for Vandal Savage to, to be really interesting. Like he's, he's a really good villain. 
Well, speaking of really compelling representations of superheroes, Morbius. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Paresh, would you like to do the honors? I I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. All I I have to say is, I guess what? It's Morbin time. I mean, that's what everyone, that's what everybody's been talking about for whatever reason. It's taken on a life of its own. I actually think the narrative around the release has been more interesting and I haven't dis- I haven't even tried to watch it. You know what I'm surprised doesn't exist? Like someone on YouTube doing like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 style show with like just really shitty superhero adaptations. How does that not exist already? I mean, it sounds like your next show, Ramen. That's what it sounds like. Paris, 13th District, based off of a bunch of graphic novels by Adrian Tomine. How how do we not hear about how this? the how yeah I didn't hear about it either. I had I feel like I, such a, I, yeah did you I know about I this. I didn't know anything. No, I didn't know anything about it. I wait, wait, when was this released? Uh, looks like March fifteenth, twenty twenty two. I didn't know about it. I looked it up on Netflix. I was like Tomine, like the guy that we really like, and effing nothing. I didn't. I it just was not on my radar. At yeah, all. I, the only reason, so, the only reason I heard about this is in, in prepping this list. I was just like comic book lists of the year, and it just showed up. I was like, what is this? It, I so, have to watch it. Yeah, we might. Yeah, we might need to come back to this one and actually do a show based off of it. Although it could be terrible. That's true. Samurai Rabbit: The Usaki Chronicles. Dare I ask? I have not seen it. I'm afraid to watch it because I think I'll be upset about it because I th- we read Usagi Yojimbo and we loved it. And I want to read – I feel like I need to read all of the comics before I go watch. I've been it, reading the comics right now thanks to a gift from Ruman. It's been great, but I, I, I haven't seen the Netflix adaptation. Well, it's not even- yeah, I only saw the trailer. It looks, like a, it looks like a cartoon. I mean, I guess, well, the comic looks like a cartoon, but the comic is actually quite serious. It tells serious stories. This one looks like it tells kid stories, the Netflix version. But Stan Sakai, I don't know. Stan Sakai is, is involved with it. Uh, oh, he is? Yeah, Man, no, he's very involved with it. That guy is prolific as hell. Really? Oh, is, he, is he writing it or is he cashing the checks? Because those are two different types of involvement. <laughs> I, <laughs> if he's cashing the checks, though, he does deserve it. I don't know. And Keep, I, keep cutting them checks. I'm, I'm for yeah. it. I he's someone I I need to like reach out to to interview on the other pod. I yeah, I'm just like I'm in awe of this guy even though I didn't watch the show, but like the book is so fucking good and I want to finish the entire run which is still going. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm intrigued. Maybe I'll watch it with my daughter. But she's not I'm allowed intrigued. to watch Netflix. Oh really? What why not? Do, you, do is she like more of an HBO Max type of person? <laughs> Netflix is hot garbage for kids. You shouldn't let your kids. The only thing she, worse than Netflix for kids is YouTube. She's kids. more of a she's more of a movie person actually. She's really she's really highbrow. <laughs> wow. She's she my my daughter just watches like the Criterion channel. <laughs> <laughs> my t- my t- Curiosity stream, curiosity stream, and nebula only. Nebula, nebula Patrick H. Willems videos only for my. Daughter. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I like Sam Raimi. Great visuals, not a good movie. Yeah, I, it, by this point, I was like, I'll watch it. It's an MCU thing. I enjoyed it enough, but I think we're like at point of diminishing returns with the MCU. That's, I mean, every yeah. once in a while, something tickles an itch and there was enough in there. Corpse, well, that's Wait, did you fantastic because we got five more MCU. Yeah, I did. I, I, So I agree with you. I did like what they did with Wanda, essentially, because we had been so invested in her as a hero through her show and through the Avengers mm-hmm, movies mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that to see her take a really kind of horrific turn, I thought was really, 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 really bold and cool. And yeah. It was cool to see her kill then, everybody. And oh in yeah. The alternate universe. I mean, I mean, it kind of starts at this point where like initially, okay, so maybe she's just wrong and they're going to have this negotiate. Nope. She's a full on monster. And that's such a contrast to who she had been up to that point. So I actually really appreciated that. And if they could have like litigated that a little bit more and okay, it is kind of cool to see her pop Mr. Fantastic. But if that could have actually been the the conflict where you see this, this woman just completely undone by grief to the point where she is willing to commit genocide, that could have been a really, really cool movie. But it kind of falls back into the usual special effects Marvel type of stuff, as I guess as we, we'd expect. Obi-Wan. Uh, I don't know. That 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 sigh of, of despair. I mean, that sigh says a lot. That's like a French sigh. I love Ewan McGregor as an actor. I 
the prequels I have issues with, but I always liked Obi-Wan being fleshed out. I loved Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars as a character. So I was like, okay, now that they're making decent Star Wars, and this will be good. It'll be really good. And... Fresh? Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 finish the thought. I'm, I'm curious, like, what, what, what went wrong? I mean, there's, there's numerous articles by the guy who wrote most of the screenplay. Is He wrote it as one movie. One, one and a half hour movie. Or two hour movie. And they stretched it out. There, I mean, there's a couple elements. You could say, oh, the sidekick kid, but spoiler alert, Leia, she was delightful. But it's just, they stretched it out too much. Um, the stakes were not believable. It was just, here, let's insert a Darth Vader battle. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I could I can see a world where I could have seen a better version of this. And it, it, it does follow the plot points. It's just they stretched into six episodes when it needed to be two, three. All right, Paresh? Yeah, there was, no, there was nothing. There was no tension. It was visually really bland. Like, the final battle was just on a, on a planet with rocks. And it was just dark gray blue it was weird there was nothing visually interesting about it the trailer was the best thing about the whole series in my opinion i thought that got me excited for it but the problem the, there's an inherent problem here is that where these two characters have to end up so there's no tension really when they meet in terms of you, know, you have to make excuses for why nobody dies mm. a lot of people yeah. just leave bodies there oh i'm not going to check to see if this person is actually dead i'm just going to walk away it happened in like every episode so I actually YouTubed the final, well, final for the, I guess the show, final battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. And it was, it was dark, like visually dark, but it was yeah. kind of cool. I like that last moment of making this gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I'm kind of wondering, is that all I need to watch of this show? Have I, have I seen well, the best um, it has to offer? In there, that? there actually is a fan cut, like an hour and a half version of it. And I've downloaded it to watch. I just haven't made the time for it because I saw it. So at some point, I'll probably will revisit it because I, I wouldn't mind seeing a cut of it. But the, six the, hours. I, I would say that's the only thing you need to see, though, Ryan, that and maybe maybe a scene or two of Obi and Leia talking a little bit. But those are the only. Yeah, but because it's some of those scenes, there's like. These are great actors and there are moments that are I don't want to say tearful, but they are the really deep select moments. But then you stretch out the whole show, right? So it gets watered down. All right. I'm going to start picking up the pace a little bit here. Boys, The Boys, season three. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. <laughs> All right. That makes things easy. Ms. Marvel, the TV show. Really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was very heartwarming and sweet. Roman, I know you had high hopes for this one. That's my problem. I, I I don't know if it's you that's ruined me or my high hopes, Ryan. Oh, this is it's it's I like this is my fault that he didn't like it. I didn't. I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> I I see the flaws in the Matrix now. No, I high hopes because how much I love the character, I love the comic, and I do think the show had a lot of heart. It had some like just amazing moments amazing lines amazing character depictions and then it had some stuff that it just kind of rushed through and it just took shortcuts and i mean the partition thing like could have been done so much better like the time travel stuff so much like there's just like so many things that had they not had to make it fit into like a neat little marvel disney plus box i think they could have done they did great things with this show and I don't want to diminish the importance of this character in the show, but it's just like, I expected more, I expected better, and I got pretty good. And that's fine, but I don't know, I wanted more you than need, pretty good. You want, you want more than pretty good. All right. Lightyear. Really enjoyed it. Turned my brain off, just really enjoyed it. And I don't know. How come Tim Allen wasn't the voice of Lightyear? Because because Captain America needs a job, Paresh. Who was it? Wait, was it was it was it Chris Pine or Chris Evans? Evans. It was, it was Chris Cap. Evans. Yeah, Cap. Cap. Oh, okay. I thought it was Chris Pine. I, here's what's right. funny. It, it's not a comic book movie. I put it in here because it's like one of those IPs. Like I like watching Pixar movies. They're just genuinely good and thoughtful. 
with some exception, Cars 3 <laughs> or Cars 2. But yeah, this is just, I, I didn't expect to enjoy this as much as I did, and I'm glad I enjoyed it. Well, speaking of the the third in a series, Thor, Love and Thunder. Too much Taika. Taika I... went way too in on his worst tendencies in this movie. What is that? What does too much Taika look like? Man, just the like tonal inconsistencies, right? Like there's too much joking around in certain scenarios, and then there's weird focuses on things that probably don't need to be there. And also the visuals were way off kilter in this movie. I don't know if that's because Marvel is just taxing all of their VFX artists and animators, but it just, the the only good thing about it was I think Christian Bale's story as Gore. That was the most, I was rooting more for Gore than Thor. Oh, that rhymes. Mm. Yeah, this movie made me feel like one of the... I, I enjoyed it enough when I saw it. I recently rewatched it with my wife, who didn't go see it in theaters. And I kind of feel like one of the screaming goats. Because, like, Taika does... I, I think Taika can pull, like, the last one he did, Ragnarok, which was so original, pulled on the Planet Hulk storyline, but put a Thor twist on it. But this took, like, two significant Thor storylines and tried to Taika it. Versus just taking two weird Marvel stories, right? Like, the Jane Foster run by Jason Aaron is legitimately good and heartbreaking. And there are moments about this that were heartbreaking, especially if you have ever had a friend who's had cancer. But in the the Gore the God Butcher stuff, another great storyline by Jason Aaron. And all worth reading. And this movie just tried to smoosh it and smash it and put the Taika twist on. Stories that were kind of hard to put the Taika twist on. So by the time you get to the heart of the movie, the gimmick of Taika. Yeah, too much Taika. I agree, Paresh. Yeah. Too much Taika, and it seems like he watered down some of the cooler storylines that you guys were hoping to, hoping deeper, to see. Deeper, deeper, deeper. The, the ending did have some weird visual parallels to Sin City at one point. <laughs> okay, so the next few, like it looks like no one watched. So Harley <laughs> Quinn, season three. I've heard I'm supposed to be watching the show. I watched. I've watched season one. I haven't continued, but I I do want to. Okay. DC, DC League of Super Pets. The the trailer that I saw in theaters was really good. I showed my wife the trailer I could find on YouTube, and I didn't like it. But I watched the first half of it, and I was entertained. But then I got tired, so I haven't finished it. Yeah, because Keanu Reeves is Batman, and that sounds cool. Yeah, give this one its due. The voice cast of this movie is worth like going through because, and I do want to say some of these names because I was really thrown back by this. So first, you got Dwayne Johnson as Crypto the Super Dog, Kevin Hart as Ace the Bat Dog, Kate McKinnon as Lulu the Villain. I think she's an evil guinea pig. John Krasinski as the voice of Superman. Diego Luna of Andor fame as Chip the Green Lantern Squirrel. Mark <laughs> Maron as Lex Luthor. Keanu Reeves as Batman. Thomas Middleditch of Silicon Valley as Keith, a.k.a. Ice the Guinea Pig. Ben Schwartz, his comedic partner for Middle Snitch and Schwartz on Netflix, as Mark, a.k.a. Fire Guinea Pig. Also Sonic the Hedgehog. Ben Schwartz is Sonic the Hedgehog. Nice. Olivia Wilde, Lois Lane. Jermaine Clement as Aquaman. Jamila Jamel as Wonder Woman. Like, the voice cast is pretty great. So it's worth a try. I, I just don't have the time to finish it. It's worth a try. All right. Worth a try, but maybe a half try. Paper Girls. Did not see it. I want to watch it. We read the comic, but I didn't watch it. And I, it's there's just too much stuff. And I read the comic and I like the comic enough. Why do I need to watch the show? Exactly. Speaking of reading the comic and not watching the show. Sandman? What? No, come on. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. No, I meant sorry. Let me go back there. Let me let me let me go back. Batgirl. We watched that one, right? Did we? Was that? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I was at the funeral showing on the Warner Brothers lot. Apparently, no, nobody saw this one. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm sure it'll come out in time. It's a tax write-off. The IRS will never let it happen. Uh, too soon. Okay, Sandman. I, I saw it. For this shit. Yeah, say more. I I enjoyed it. It was a different take. There were some interesting alterations that they made, but Neil Gaiman was involved, so I I was kind of rolling with it. Very well done. Also, really visually exciting. The whole thing, when you read Sandman and you try to imagine it on screen, 
you kind of think something would get lost in translation. And I thought they did a fantastic job a season two. What, what were the alterations and uh, did they work? Yeah. I mean, there's no John Constantine. There's a Johanna Constantine. And there are a few other things that they do that I think are worth exploring given like the modern era also, right? There was a Joanna Constantine in the in the comic. She just she, she had an encounter with Sandman. She was one of John's ancestors. Yeah, so she but, does, but, just, but she they bring she, her back to the present. Yeah, she's taking on the main the main role here. She she is the Constantine now. Yeah, yeah. Roman, did you did you watch it? I don't know if I should, right? It's like one of those things where Sandman's one of the all time greats. So do you need to see it adapted? It won't take away from what's already there. That will still yeah. exist. You both can exist. That's true. No, there can be only one. There can be only one. We all exist together in this crazy world. All right. <laughs> She-Hulk. I enjoyed it. It's, it I, I think what I liked about it was short episodes didn't take itself too seriously. Just decided to have a lot of fun. It, it wasn't world-ending shit like pretty much every other Marvel thing. So a pleasant distraction. Paresh, did you find it pleasant and distracting? Not really. I didn't. I was. I, I didn't really like it. I found it confusing and just odd. I wasn't sure where they were going with it. There's some people that could pull off the breaking of the fourth wall, and I know She-Hulk is known for that in the books. But what they were doing was just wasn't landing for me in any way. Again, a lot of tonal shifts. There was a like they did do a good job in in one episode. I thought where they shifted gears and made it seem horrifying like something that she had done looking at the camera I, I recall that being interesting the whole daredevil cameo was fun but otherwise i thought it was inconsequential i also thought it was kind of like a dick move at the end when they kind of went to marvel studios a very meta <laughs> situation and they kind of made light of what the animators and like the cg artists and all that stuff were doing like it's too expensive or this and that like it was it seemed in poor taste in my opinion because those guys and and those people are being really overworked all right well speaking of world ending shit game of thrones house of the dragon this was good i haven't watched it did you, did you watch it? okay it was good yeah yeah oh, i yeah. had very very Low expectations for it because the final season of Game of Thrones just completely ruined things for me. So I just, I've never, like, I just really didn't care about the IP anymore. And so I think coming into it with that, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I had low expectations, just wanted to watch something familiar and comforting, gave it a try and pleasantly surprised, really. And another thing I just genuinely appreciate is, and it's a new gimmick relatively i feel like the use of time jumps within three episodes you fast forward 10 years but you can kind of still see the depth of the character kind of who these people are and the kind of betrayals from earlier years and phases of life so i really enjoyed it yeah there's, I, I was not expecting. there's too dark it's too dark visually too dark they're shooting too dark that's all i would say about the other one <laughs> all right so speaking of world ending shit lord of the rings rings of power I'm a huge Lord of the Rings and Tolkien fan, and I very much enjoyed being back in Middle Earth and appreciated everything about the show, honestly. I, I really liked it. This is where I actually wouldn't mind having you guys fill out the spreadsheet, because the stuff that you saw that I didn't see, I, I almost want to know, obviously, how you rated it, but like, if you could only, of the things that you saw that I didn't see, what are the ones that I need to watch? Like, if there's only one that I watch, and that's what I'm not... I'm not clear on like, should I watch Lord of the Rings or should I watch Harley Quinn or should I watch? I don't know, whatever the other thing is. So that's a good that's a good interlude where we get a review of Roman's spreadsheet. That's I like that. Uh. <laughs> Brought to you by Google Docs. <laughs> um, uh, and do we should we talk about Andor? I think we should just skip Andor because I don't think anyone liked it. I'm not. <laughs> Fuck you <laughs> and wrong. everything you stand for. Just Best show of the year. I just look, I'm gonna just do. I'm kidding. Andor. <laughs> Roman, did you have an opinion? I, I get this since you have a small one. Andor has ruined television for me. It's kind of the same feeling after I watched The Wire, the same feeling after I finished Mad Men. I was just like, I'm done. I don't need to watch TV because this is how TV should be. I genuinely, never mind people saying it's the best Star Wars, I think it might be the best show that I watched all year that might have been on the air. And I'm not the only person who agrees. And it's so fucking good. 
uh, I just, yeah, I can't even. Wow. Like, fresh? What, what resonates with you, Roman, about Andor? Oh, but... never mind. Great acting, good plot, good character development, all the essentials. Takes place in a galaxy far, far away, but no Jedi in, in this series. Maybe it was how much hot garbage a lot of the Star Wars shows have become. But Tony Gilroy, the showrunner, who I believe was the director of Michael Clayton, no, yep. as a Hollywood script doctor, like he actually doesn't have any reverence for Star Wars either. He just wanted to tell a really good story. And he wasn't trying to, he said this in many interviews, he wasn't trying to make a statement about the state of the world. He's just a student of history and history repeats itself. And so you can infer everything you want about the current rise of fascism, about prison conditions, etc. But like, there's so many things that this but the show just wants to talk about and it does and it doesn't hit you over the head with it it's just and it's beautifully shot it's just it's just like i don't know if i have that many bad things to say about this show like paresh like how about you no i don't have anything bad to say about the show <laughs> it's a broken record because i know everybody loves this show but it's true i i think it was the best thing on tv all year the writing was stellar like you said when I realized that Tony Gilroy was the guy behind the show who did Michael Clayton, which I freaking love. It's one of my favorite movies. Then I realized why this was so engaging. It was just tense. It was a huge crescendo. Each time you thought that they hit like a peak, it kept getting better. The speeches, there were, somehow there were awesome motivational speeches in almost every episode. Yeah, can't say Very, enough good things. Here's one bad thing. Very few shows can find you rooting for the fascists. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's because uh, of like the office politics and like the woman being overlooked. It's just, uh, you've got to watch the show, ride. Like even if we don't do an episode on it. I I've started it. I've, I've, I'm kind of at the point where they've just introduced Mon Mothma. She's, uh, oh, so she you're still early. Like yeah, I'm still pretty early in. So I'm, I'm kind of like holding off. I, I, I want to finish it before I kind of formulate in an opinion. That's fair. All right. Well, speaking of quality, Black Adam, anyone? <laughs> another another example of, of hot garbage. My God, The Rock spent 15 years on this shit, and this is what we get out of it? There's nothing redeeming about it except a glimpse at the Justice Society, kind of. They pose some interesting questions for about 30 seconds and then never get around to it. There's a speech at the end that this kid is making to like the entire country in like an alleyway, but he's speaking at a completely normal volume. Like it just, I, I hated this movie. Yeah. Why was it so bad? It feels like, the, I mean, I know it's really, it was, rock, it but... was trying too hard to be the superhero movie for every 15 year old boy in America with the rocks kind of like wink and a nod where the rock has to be the star of the show. Nothing bad can happen to him. And I actually think, a parallel universe where this is a great movie is if they made it a justice society movie where the rock is the antagonist that gets mm -hmm. redeemed at the end or sorry, black Adam. And there's a really good, one of the other film YouTubers I like is a guy named Nando V movies. And he does a really interesting take about comparing black Adam as the anti-hero versus, I mean, we'll talk about this in a second, Namor in kind of forever. And I think just, sincerely just genuinely more interesting what they did with namor and in a lot of ways namor kind of to me stole the show of that film and in this it's like black adam could have stolen the show in a justice society movie had they made that instead yeah and it's a it's lost potential black adam has the potential to be kind of like a a loki type villain in or anti-hero in all of the dc movies if we wanted it to go that direction but yeah and honestly yeah. the better business play for the rock would have been Let's do a Justice Society movie. We'll introduce Black Adam. We'll leave you wanting more, et cetera, et cetera. Then you get the Black Adam movie. Exactly. Not on like, exactly. Yeah. So. Black Adam has always been kind of a villain. I don't think he's ever even been an anti-hero. Maybe, he, maybe recently he's been an anti-hero, but it feels like he was introduced as a villain. He's been pretty consistently an asshole. No, in the early 2000s, I think when Jeff Johns redid the Justice Society, they kind of made him that anti-hero. So in the modern era of comics, he has been that, but... Prior to that, yes, evil villain, kind of like the villain in Miracle Man, etc. No, but everybody's doing this, though. Like, Sony's doing this with every damn Spider-Man villain. You're going to make them all 
anti-heroes in a movie because if you're going to make a villain the main character you need to have some redeeming qualities this is like a bad trend in general this is not the road anybody should be going down and the movie is pretty fucking bad it's like laughably bad like i i re i finished it after like getting through half my wife was like this is garbage and it just it's a cartoon <laughs> not, a, not a good one tales of the jedi also a cartoon but yeah, is it a good one? but a good one. Like, I just, this is distilled Dave Filoni at his best. Little short snippets, 10-minute episodes, I think six or seven of them. Man, I mean, I have a soft spot for the Clone Wars, and it spends a lot of time in that kind of prequel Clone Wars era. Just really enjoyed it. I'm really happy that they're making stuff like this. Presh, are you happy? Are you happy they're making stuff like this? I'm happy they're making stuff like this, but I didn't see this. <laughs> oh, well, let's flip positions now. <laughs> Titans season four. Did anyone see this one? I did. I did. And and Titans as as like a whole in general has been such a mixed bag. But if you like drop the baggage, some moments of the previous season, what they're doing this season is finally close to what you see in Young Justice a little bit, right? With these characters. It's interesting. Spoiler alert. Lex Luthor is in episode one. He dies in episode one. And it's really gruesome and pretty gnarly. So it's worth watching how for that. He, how does he die? Okay, a snake comes out of his mouth and he's vomiting blood. I'm dead serious. You got to watch it. <laughs> for that reason alone, it's crazy. I like that. Yeah. Creative way. Creative way. Raman, did you watch it? No, I, I watched some of Titans. It's just... I'm not saying that it's good or bad. It's just so much of the... what well, Even though this was HBO Max... And I genuinely love the Teen Titans. And I, as a comic, I really enjoyed Young Justice as an animated series. All the fucking CW shows have like ruined me on live action DC shows for the most part. So I just I struggle. <laughs> I struggle. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Did you see this one, Ryan? No, I wanted to see it because I'm really curious what they did with Namor. But I also. I'm wary of seeing it because I don't know if it's worth watching after Namor, right? Is the story any good? Is it, is it, you know, I, I always feel like with a lot of the Marvel universe MCU stuff, especially lately, there's like one or two things that I want to see. Like, I want to see how they handle Kang. I want to see how they handle Jane as Thor. I want to see how they handle Namor, but I'm not particularly interested in any of the storylines or when I watch the watch trailer, I'm like, I think I just read the Wikipedia plot summary. And I don't know if that's me just being burnt out of Marvel or me just not having time, but that's kind of how I feel these days about Marvel movies. And I'm not, you know, was, was black, black Panther worth it? Well, so that's, that's, what's funny. I, I agree with one of those statements. We are all fucking burnt out on Marvel. I think, I think a lot of us are at least, which by the way, we're all fans of Marvel going Absolutely. back to a young age. So that's it, kind of not great. Well, and look, I, I feel like a drug addict with these, I kind of go to them for my fix, but that, that does black Panther Wakanda forever, a disservice. Like I'm glad I went to see it in theaters. It, I don't, it wasn't cathartic, but I Chadwick Boseman passing away, during the pandemic even though it was not because of the pandemic was a fucking gut punch right and so it was almost like this bigger metaphor symbolic thing for everything that's happened and the way they handled it and even the way they communicate grief as a theme in the film and rage kind of all these feelings we've been feeling maybe i'm reading way too much into it and then the name more stuff was really fucking cool right? so like it was i think this was the good marvel movie of the year i don't know for us you yeah, I, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was as good as the first Black Panther, but considering what had happened and considering how they had to adjust, keeping that in mind, the looming presence of Chadwick Boseman and just the looming presence of his death, they did everything really, really thoughtfully, I thought. I really enjoyed Riri Williams' introduction in this movie. I thought I would have loved to have seen actually more of that, although that kind of felt... There will there'll be a Disney Plus show for you. Sure, but like I kind of felt it was it, it was separate from everything going on. Yeah. But the Namor stuff was really cool. The way they did Namor as a villain, villain I put in quotes, was really compelling for me. I thought it, I, I I enjoyed it. I think Ryan, you should watch it because if you're yeah. if you actually care about Namor, then they've done him especially well in this movie. It's 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 I will. It's just one of those things. Do I want to pay seventeen dollars to do it at this point? And I, I 
I'll probably wait till it comes out on Disney Plus. But I, yeah. I, I definitely will watch it. And actually, what you're saying that seems to be the thing about all the Marvel movies. Really, all the Marvel movies that we talked about that came out this year is that they cram so much stuff into yeah. it because they have to set up yeah. the new show or they have right. to do right. they have to tip their hat to the stuff that happened 20 years ago whether it's spider-man or marvel where they're they're nodding at wanda but they also have to set up america then the a new superhero and then with thor i mean you guys were talking about how it's like two really cool storylines mashed together with a little bit of taika on top or a lot of taika <laughs> on top and then now with namor it's they introduce riri because she's going to be in a show but it felt kind of separate from the actual yeah. plot of black panther yeah and i kind of maybe and that's that does seem to be like a pretty consistent issue with with, with they're, they're so focused days. on i know in the fables episode we talked about the beauty of world building they they take too much time building out the world for the next project that they don't choose to live in the world there is right? one yeah. except there is one exception in the recent films for this i would say shang chi was was something that lived within itself. They weren't really teasing anything else. It didn't matter. Like it, it felt very self-contained that story. Yeah, so and, and if any, and if anything, they saved the connective tissue till the after credit scene, which that's yeah. okay. Yeah, and I think that's fine. I think more of that where you're telling anyone who who goes to see Shang Chi, you don't need to know anything else about Marvel. I don't think if right. I, I, I haven't seen it in a little bit, but that seems to be the exception. But you're right. All the other stuff there it's it's falling on top of each other well and it's become an expectation i mean didn't we just we just had a conversation about whether moon knight was in continuity or not because it didn't reference any of the other marvel stuff and so now there's this almost this assumption is why aren't you referencing all the other stuff mm. is, it, is it not in that's really not a great expectation to set up so yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see what marvel i think i think marvel does need to evolve i, I would like to see them kind of get back into just telling individual stories and if heroes happen to meet up from time to time great but maybe that it doesn't become like a big thing well that save that i hate to say save that for the tv shows but that, that's what's interesting is one of the things say what you will about the dc movies over the years but with things like specifically shazam and aquaman there were like even the the first wonder woman they were just like let's just make a good movie and we'll figure yeah. out the continuity stuff later and have fun and let the directors do their thing and that's where dc movies were significantly different from marvel movies and i don't know in the few times marvel has done really well in the post call it endgame era or whatever it is phase four has been where they be it moon knight in my opinion she hulk kind of forever shang chi we've talked about like is when they're like just go do your own thing have some fun with this and if you need to have some connective tissue sure but you don't need to have a whole you mentioned riri williams like yeah it's fine but it felt unnecessary it's like you're wasting valuable time and plot beats to kind of set something else up for the next set. yeah do that. so like a marvel movie we are gonna have to extend this a little bit longer. that was a good place to end but we have to extend this a little bit longer but fortunately we'll talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special, our our final show. I really enjoyed parts of it, and I really enjoyed that one Christmas song in it, and we will end or start this episode with it, because it's so good, about Santa Claus. <laughs> when you enjoy parts of it, would you say those parts make up, like, 50%? No, you know, here's actually what I'd say. Okay, so Marvel has all these TV shows that are, like, six hours long, and did it need to be? This was like one episode of a six-hour series, and it was really it was a good it was a great episode. It was fun. It was literally on I think on the set of one of the Guardians movies. They're like, hey, what? We should film a holiday special just to do it. So they did it. They like just came in on the weekend and just decided to film an extra thing. And it's a fun little vignette. It's a fun little aside, and it didn't take itself seriously. Sure, there's a couple of things that could impact like the continuity and the plot, but. That's not the point of it. The point was just to have fun and tell a fun story. And I, I enjoyed that. Paresh? It felt like an old school like TV special for uh, a Christmas special for various TV shows that happen where, like Roman said, it's, it's short and sweet. But one of the, uh, like, two things I really loved about it. Kevin Bacon. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Kevin Bacon. So it was great to see him in there playing himself. The other thing is out of the Guardians of the Galaxy films, one of the dynamics that was always interesting was Drax and Mantis. And this is all, this is them for most of the 
special basically and really leaning into that chemistry and it did wonders i i was i was cracking up i was smiling i enjoyed it a lot one thing i read about it was that everyone was like groot literally looked like a guy in a suit that was terrible and then they're like commenting on how bad the effects were you could tell that groot was in a suit and the visual animators are like oh that's such a compliment you thought it was a guy in a suit that was like a lot of cg work to do like i don't know if that's true but yeah it's yeah I, I think of all the things, while Wakanda Forever had this heft to it, this had the opposite. And that was that was kind of a great palate cleanser for a mixed bag of a year. Well, that's uh, that's an ideal place to end the year, and it's an ideal place to end the show. A good palate cleanser, short and sweet. And that's it. Rumen. I guess that leads us to the final question, which is... Oh, hold on a second. Let me do this. What are you reading next week? Ryan... Next year! I've been thinking a lot about going back to basics. I've been thinking about the alphabet. What do you think? I've been thinking a lot about the alphabet as well. How funny that our thoughts coincide. (laughs) It's like we've been working on this. So next year... Who knows if we'll keep this podcast going. We got to spice up the, the relationship to keep it interesting. Maybe we'll invite friends into whatever this is, like Paresh again. But... We decided to make a list A to Z because we're doing this every two weeks. There's 52 weeks in a year divided by two. That's 26. There are 26 letters in the alphabet. So every episode, we're going to work our way through the alphabet where the book we're reading is that respective letter of the alphabet. So, Ryan, what should we read with the letter A? Well, there's always Akira. I hear he's got a cool motorcycle, so... He's got a cool motorcycle. I guess we're going to read that. Isn't that isn't that funny how we just came up with that as if it wasn't planned at all? <laughs> There's a spreadsheet, guys. Doesn't anyone read the spreadsheet? Yeah, so next week or next year, we're going to be reading Akira, the seminal manga that became a seminal anime. We're going to read the first volume. Maybe we'll read the second volume as well. And we are going to have a special guest. Roman, who's our special guest? I mean, if we say it, he's not going to show up. So maybe we shouldn't say it. <laughs> okay. We're going to have a special guest. <laughs> Some dude's one of Roman's buddies is going to swing by. No, no this We're is actually re- this is special. This is the guy that introduced us. Brian? Oh, he did? I don't think he knows that. He does. He takes credit for that. He took credit for it last night over drinks when I said you need to come on the pod. <laughs> oh, he the, did? The, the person responsible for Ryan and I's friendship is coming on the pod, Mr. Bob Arnold. So, All right. There we go. His last name starts with an A, too. Maybe we should do that for his, I know. That's the only reason why he's coming. <laughs> Paresh, thank you for dealing with us, for being our MVP. I think I think you win the award for most quarantine comments episodes so far. Love it. Always happy to be here. Happy New Year. And see. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of the books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong. Qtdcomics at gmail.com. Give you a social media handle, but we're old, and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel. And I am and have always been Ryan Joe. Closest to the sun, there's a special celebration, and it sounds quite fun. A jolly old fellow brings toys to everyone on a holiday they call Christmas. That's perfect. Good. Easier. Good job. Now, I'm not going to lie. It makes no sense to me. But here's what I've discovered about this Christmas mystery. I'm super busy. Is Is this a long song? Santa is a furry freak with epic superpowers. He flies to every human home in under 14 hours. He's a master burglar. No. A pro at picking locks. No. If you don't leave milk and cookies out, he will put dung in your socks. That is not part of the lore at all. If you act nicely through the night and don't jump on your bed, Santa comes with sugar plums and hurls them at your head. But if you're on his naughty list, he shoots missiles at your toes. He might just roast your
chestnuts with his powerful flamethrower. No! He doesn't have a flamethrower. Rain, 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 rain. It's kind of cool. Dear, 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 dear. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. He's compelled his creepy elves to do his every wish. One sought to be a dentist, now he's sleeping with the fish. Mrs. Claus, she works the pole, plans her man's demise. No! Soon the elves will all rise up and stab out Santa's eyes. Earthlings! Ho, 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 ho. Earthlings are so weird. That's true. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. Ho, 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 ho. Earthlings are so weird. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. What the heck's a turtle dove? And who lit up that deer? Christmas time is here I don't know what Christmas is But Christmas time is here Or maybe it's there It's somewhere You just got these instruments? Thank you, Nowhere! Yeah. Uh, uh.